Welcome back to Opposites in a Nutshell. I'm Shay. I know y'all have been waiting patiently for the Church Kids episode part two, and it is finally here. Uh, super excited about it. So stick around as we dive back into part two of Church Kids. church, I realize this hasn't been everybody's experience, but I'm so grateful for my parents, for, you know, the people that they've been, and I'm sure anyone up here can attest to this, but just so grateful that they introduced this to us, even at a time, for us PKs, that we were like, this sucks. <laughs> but even at that time, the fact that they weren't just like, oh, you don't like church, that's fine, you don't have to come. But they were like, no, I realize how important this is, and you're going to need this in the future when, yeah, whenever you're not necessarily under our roof anymore. You know, this is something that's going to help you for the, for the rest of your life. So I know you're not a fan of it, but you're going to keep coming. And so um, I just think it's been such a source of hope where there's times I've been, I've had situations where I'm like, I literally don't know what I'm supposed to do in this situation. But knowing that I have a God that I can talk to, even though sometimes it feels like God are even up there, you're quiet, like what's going on. But I know he hears me because I see how he's worked in my life in those situations where it felt like. I literally throw my hands up. I literally do not know what to do. And when I have those moments, I always feel for people that haven't had the, that opportunity or that don't know that because for them in those moments, my first thought is like, what do you do? Because I, I cannot imagine a life of not knowing God just because of those tough moments, those valleys that I've been in where I'm just like, God, I throw my hands in the air. I have nothing. I don't even feel like praying. I don't know what to say. I literally, I don't know. But just knowing that we have a God that loves us, that, you know, we have this hope. Um, and so I feel like kind of looking at the world from that perspective, it has just, um, it's made things easier. Not to say that being a Christian makes the world easy, because that is not the case whatsoever. But, <laughs> yeah, but it, it, I feel like it has made things easier to know that if I'm really at this place of, like, almost being hopeless, I still have something that I can cling on to for those moments. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't really know if that answers the question, but that was kind of like my thing on my worldview. Some snaps on that. Some snaps. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, I have one more question for you guys, and then we'll kind of get to wrapping up. But um, at what point in your life would you say your faith became your own? We started with you one time. Jasmine, we started with you. Maddie. At what point? <laughs> At what point did my faith become my own? Yeah, I. It's not my parents' fault. They brought me to church. Um, granted, it was their job as well, but they had a heart for me to be plugged into church. They had a heart for me to experience God and not only just go to church, but like have a relationship with Him. Um, but because they brought me and because it was their job, my I. Piggy backed off of them. Is the best way I would word it? Like, I, I could sit and worship. And what is it? Is it the bridge? I'm going to put my hand up here. I sat in youth services like, all right, raise your hand if you read the Bible. I know I'm just going to go ahead and raise it. Like, you you knew the way to answer. You, I learned the way to how to worship right. I knew how to say the words right. I'm just in the heart of Susan. Yeah. <laughs> Growing me, I'm like what 16. Like, yeah, like I knew, I knew the Christian way to word stuff to make it seem as though I believe, like I had faith, and like even like Bible stories. I've grown up hearing them my whole life. I could probably do a 
trivia and do them really well. Um, but it wasn't until I moved out of my parents' house, I went to college, I ended up going to a Christian college, and it's hard going to a Christian college when you really hate God and you don't really like believe in Him, um, because you just keep pretending. And I pretended for years of my life, and it wasn't until um, there was a, I was involved at a junior high youth group, um, and I took one of the students to get coffee, because I loved hearing people's stories, and, and I want like, at least for middle, like, I would, no one ever listened to me when I was in middle school. So as a leader, my goal was to take the middle, like, the little middle school students and be like, all right, tell me everything you want about your life. You're dumb, sad, happy, but, like, you have something to share and you, you want to tell someone that's not your parents, so I get it. And so she was sitting across from me and she got a phone call and she was like, um, her mom ended up calling her and telling her that her grandmother ended up getting stage four cancer. And her expectation of life was about, like, less than three months. And she started bawling and she was like, Maddie, like, do you believe that God will heal my grandma? And in that moment, I was like, the 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 the, the church, the religion side of me, the one that was raised in church, was like, yes, God can do all things. But like actual Maddie, like the Maddie that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, she'd say, no, probably not. You can say a prayer, but like, it it, it doesn't it doesn't work. And I after that, I dropped her off at youth. Ended up leaving early, saying I had a sick stomach, and I it was like forty minutes away from home. Spent the whole drive like sobbing, being like, I just lied to this, lied to this girl, being like, yeah, God, God's got her, and I don't believe it myself. Got to my apartment and sat in my living room with my roommate for like two hours, going back and forth on why I hated God and like unfolding it. And it wasn't until that night, and that night was only like three, four years, five years. Yes. Um, <laughs> like four years ago. Um, Four years ago was when I truthfully was like, I don't believe in God, but I want to believe in Him, and I want to see, I'm, I'm going to give God this baby, and, and, and if you, I'm going to give Him a month, and He doesn't do anything in my life, like, that's it. My parents can do church the rest of their lives, but, like, I I can be kind, but I don't have to, and my, I, the moment I did that maybe my whole life changed. Like, it, it, there was a lot of stuff that in my life that fell into place, and I know it was all because God was waiting for my ex. He did all these great things for me. But it was me who was literally, like, keeping the door closed. And being like, no, you can't come in until I'm ready. But, like, that was, I was in my, I was in my early 20s. And so, like, but that's, like, what, 20 plus years going to church your whole life? And then it wasn't until, like, you're a grown adult being like, all right, I believe in God. Like, I know not everyone has an experience. But it's, it hurt. Looking back now, I wish I could, like, go to, like, 15, 16-year-old man and be like, wake up. Like, there's so much that God has for you, but you just have been let down by people. Um, but who's For me, when when you came, when you came, came when you yeah, when did your faith come out? I think my faith came out. My, my faith came, came out. I was in high school. Sophomore, junior, but one of the church mentors from our church, like he had like the like boys group and guys like for our age group, came over his house and he helped us we learn and do uh, stuff through the Bible. And one thing that he that he told me that always stuck with me was to think critically. He said just because someone says something in the Bible or they 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 have scripture and they tell you. Doesn't mean that it's actually what it says in there or what 
actually exposed me and you, like, do your own due diligence. Go look at it, especially if you have a book. Got a huge source. So, ever since you told me to think critically, I always go to the book. And, you know, the word is God, was with God. So, that's, that's the thing that I go through. Everything has chapters. I go, hey, what's the same in the book? Like, I'm going to go by the book just. Just, Just when he told me that, it was like, you know, if there's anything our creator gave us, it's right there. It's on me to do the first part, open it up, and that's the only way things are going to be revealed to you. So ever since then, I've never had an excuse not to be me or not to know why I believe what I believe. Because it's there, you know. I think about it, I can't just be like, hey, you know, mom and dad created me, you know, yeah, mom and dad's always mad at me, so, and they never created too, so, think critically, and I I, well, I feel like mine's, uh, I'm going to make it a short story, but I feel like it's a long story. Um, I semi have shame to blame for me taking up um, my own uh, relationship with God because I was I was kind of where Maddie was where I'm like, I hate God. I don't want anything to do with him. Um, I've been pretending this entire time. Well, barely. Um, and... You know, Shay was actually invited me to um, a, a college ministry, and I was like, I'm a high school, I don't want to do a college ministry, you're crazy. And so she was just like, okay, I'll make you a bet. And I lost the bet. And so Thursday came, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I lost the bet, I'm ready to go. <laughs> so she took me to the college ministry, and from just that day, I, I feel like, uh, a, a seed was planted because I was like I just it was like an instant shift but it, it took multiple years for me to actually like take it and make it my own because then it was like a different switch of pretending of where now I'm like you know I believe but like I don't really know what I'm doing with my life um, and ended up going on a mission trip because oh my god I just don't want to do I just I literally I'm draining it I don't want to do it um and uh, went for a year. Um, those people almost were the ages of this sport. And, you know, like, it, it, it took a lot out of me because there was a lot of days where I'm just like, God, I'm just, I'm green. And uh, I'm not a crier, but the first month I cried every single day, multiple times a day. I'd be on the phone with my mom. Constantly crying, she was like, "Should you need to come home because you don't? You're, this is not you." And I'm like, "No, God's still working in me. I just, I just need, I need to be here. I don't know why, but He needs me here." And um, I learned and grew a lot because I had a lot of time to spend with myself and with God as well. Um, which you think on a mission trip is like you have no time for yourself, but you had a lot of time for yourself in the sense of like. Um, you know, after you do the mission part, you kind of just be. And um, there's a lot of tears, a lot of uh, Bible studies with myself and God, and just trying to figure out, like, 
who I am as a Christian because I feel like a lot of people don't know a time, honestly, um, time to spend thinking about like, who am I, you know, and I, I made sure to take that time and cried it out and just decided that I'm like, okay, I am exactly who I am in Christ. Um, I am who he says that I am. I am, and if you go to my apartment, I have like these giant uh, posters that uh, kind of have Bible verses, and it's like this pretty woman, and it, um, just different things of like, you are strong, you are kind, you are things. This is who God says you are, and it has Bible verses to match, and I have three. I have two in the living room, one in the bedroom. That way I can never forget these things, and if I ever need it, it's just like, okay, I'm sitting on the couch, and I don't want to do this is what God says you are, and I can be like, okay, this is exactly what I am, and I need to remind myself that um, consistently, and um, yeah, that's kind of just, it's been years, and I'm, I'm still working on it, um, but that's kind of just how I decided to make it my own, I just had to really tough down, get the job done, and just be like, okay, God, this is, I want to have it with you, I want to um, be in your presence, I want to be your voice, and the funny thing is, for, for months, he actually went silent on me, and that was, like, the worst, and, but at the same time, it's, like, it showed me that God doesn't just speak to you in, like, audibles, um, there's times, like, it was, like, a straight-up feeling where I'm, like, mm, I feel like I need to go talk to that person, it's really awkward, because what I have to tell them is just weird, um, it was, like, one time I had to tell someone who came from God, I was, like, listen, there's a song in my heart, it's really weird, but I'm coming to you because I'm like, I feel like this song is for you. Um, but, like, do you know who you are just, like, a person? And they're like, no, I've been wondering for a long time. I'm like, God, you're weird. Because you didn't tell me anything. You just put a song in my heart and then gave me a feeling to, like, look at this person. Like, I have a strong feeling that this is for you. I I, I don't need the song. I haven't learned to hear heart it in years, but it's for you. And we just have that conversation. You say it to them? Uh, wasn't too much into the preaching. 
setting at home. I mean, I kind of go over some of the stories you heard, but I was like, okay, I understand how this works. Read a story, figure out how it aligns. What's the message? Take from it, go home, blah, blah, blah. And so that's kind of like the most I did. So putting it into practice was really like the golden rule. Treat us how you want to be treated. And so I'm like, okay, I'm a great Christian. False. So college was where it kind of became challenging. So it was more of like thinking deep about like scripture, actually breaking it down, figuring out exactly what it meant. It's not just like a surface level reading of it to where it's like, oh, you know, he turned these, he multiplied the fish and the loaves and fed everyone. And I'm sitting here praying like, God, make these fries refill again. <laughs> it wasn't that like, it wasn't that type of thing. But it's just like to the point where it became eye opening. Like what my mission was. Like how do I grow my relationship with God? And like, like looking at that journey, uh, looking at Jesus as being that example, uh, and then kind of following that path. Obviously, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much where it was. Like college. Is it just you Okay. Um, all right, so for me, I would say at the point that my faith became my own was probably around the time that I got baptized, which was like 13. So I gave my life to God at five. How lucky for you. an old child. Yeah. you didn't have to struggle. No, that's... No, no, no. We're going to go back to something that we already said. Just because you're Christian doesn't mean it's any easier. Yeah. Anyways, but... Yeah, because that's when I got baptized. Because I remember when I made that decision to get baptized, yeah. that's when I, I really, like, when I make a decision, I spend a lot of time thinking about what is this decision that I'm making? Do I need it? If I don't, I'm not going to waste my time with it. So I remember I was, you know, thinking through this whole decision of, like, okay, I'm about to get baptized. What does this mean to me? And so um, that, so that, I would say that's the time that my faith became my own. But I feel like I had, like, a, a round two type situation, which would have been when I was 16. And that's where it was really, like, Oh my gosh, like I I have to, I don't remember what the situation was, but it was something that had to do with faith where I was on who had to have the faith for myself mm-hmm. in order for that thing to happen. Um, and I feel like, you know, growing up in a Christian household, um, our parents uh, were really good about, you know, showing us what faith looks like. Not just saying I'm a person of faith and all of this stuff, but like actually living it out where... I see a situation where we, you know, my parents are talking about, oh, we're going to do this and that, but we don't have the money for it. And I'm like, okay, so how's that getting done? You know, and it's like, oh, no, God's going to come through. And, you know, like living a life where uh, so many faith trips that we took, um, so many, just all these different things in our lives that happened, which were like faith trips or faith this, faith that. But like all of it was like, no, we're on Jesus insurance, we're on Jesus money, like, this is, that's why we're, like, it's God right now, and so I think when I turned 16, I don't remember what it was that I needed or that I wanted, but that was the moment where, that was, I was, I would say my first time where I had to exercise my faith for myself, not where I say, hey, mom and dad, this is what I need, pray for me, no, this was, like, I had to do this for myself, and so, yeah, so mine would be 16, then obviously, like, as life goes on, obviously, there's been ups and downs and different experiences and stuff, that we can dig into on a different episode. <laughs> yeah, I will say this real quick. The, when you spoke of faith trips and faith stuff, it was like the time that we didn't have too much money for groceries, but we went and got groceries and then delivered them to someone else. And I was like, 
yo, like, what are we doing here? Like, we're getting this stuff. So, like, I'm sitting there watching, like, what would you like? And I pick it out for somebody else. Like, wow. Yeah. But I mean, it's 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 a very cool experience to get to live that out where you see these moments where it's like, um, hey, we're believing God for, or I would say even our move here. I don't know how accurate this information is, but I'm, I'm going to share the story anyway. But like uh, us moving here, I feel like I don't know what the money situation was. Like I know um, we obviously were going to be moving here. So like our parents sold everything and whatnot. But like I'm sure whatever the money, I don't know if it was enough money to, you know, for us to move here. But I know, like, even some of the stuff we were selling, I think people were showing up and paying more than we were asking for. And then, oh, I do remember at some point my dad got robbed. And so, yes. <laughs> you know, that took, like, a real... <laughs> yeah, at some point he, he got he got robbed. <laughs> no, my dad got robbed at some point, and the money was money that we were supposed to bring here with us to, like, start our new life or something like that. But, like, God somehow, some way replenished all of that money that was stolen. Mm-hmm. So, like, things like that, it's like, I see how y'all are having faith that God's going to come through. It doesn't look doable, but he's going to come through. It's in my, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can feel it. Oh, yeah. Um, Like, God's going to come through. And it's all this stuff. Anyways, but no. Yeah, so getting to see that and yeah. then getting to a point where it's like, now I need to make this my own. And then kind of going through that. Jasmine, you're last. Jazzy. I'm last. Last but not least. Um, all right, well, last but not least. Eight. I got my fire insurance at eight. Wait, <laughs> you should do y'all know with fire insurance? Fire insurance? No. Okay, yeah, you should explain it. Because she said okay. that once on the podcast, and I was like, excuse me? Yeah, fire insurance. Um, Holy Spirit fire? The, no. It's like hell. Oh. Insurance. Oh. Fire insurance. Like, I did not want to go to hell. Shout out to my Iwana leader. Um, you know who you are. But I got saved at eight. And, I mean, granted, we didn't have to go to church, but we did have to go right. to church. Our parents said, yeah. are you coming? Um, but, yeah, at 8, uh, we were reading, um, we were reading, okay, now I don't remember the scripture. But I know for sure, I was like, I don't want to go to hell. I was 8. I was, I don't want to go to hell. So I'm going to pray this prayer. Yeah. And so everything after that, anything that I did wrong, I felt like, I don't want to go to hell, so I'm not going to break anything. I'm not going to TP anyone's house. I don't want to do something wrong and go to hell. So that was that was eight. Uh, but I'm like you, Shay. I also had several experiences where I had opportunities to make my faith my own over and over again. Um, uh, shout out to Mrs. Weathersby, because when I was 14 at the camp, right, like a weekend retreat, she she brought us to Revelation 3.16, where the scripture says, you are neither hot or cold, and so I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. I was like, mm, I'm not going to spit out, okay? I'm not going to hell. Let me get my life together. And that was middle school, right? So I was like, let me put on these parties and sneaking around in the back of the school. I wasn't doing anything, but, you know, just the sneaking part was, was like, let me quit doing that, because I don't want to be lukewarm, because Jesus said, I will spit you out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just it seemed like oh, maybe every year, maybe every sermon, it just reminded me I need to live my life according to the word so that I don't have these negative consequences. Mm. Um, I wasn't scared. I, it wasn't like fear, faith. It's just I really wanted to do the right thing. Because mm-hmm. um, I know some people have this thing where they're like, well, I was scared. That's why I accepted Jesus. But I wasn't scared. I really just wanted to do the right things. And I thought I was going to get 
good rewards. Not that I was spoiled and I needed those rewards, but that I like I'm gonna do the right things. Yeah. I'm not gonna have sex before marriage, so I don't. So I'm not pregnant, taking care of a kid in tenth grade. Like I just wanted to yeah. do the right things. Um, and then even into adulthood, uh, my faith got stronger and stronger just because I had time to sit with God. If I was going through something, I didn't have my parents or anyone else praying for me. It was me. If I wanted to go on the mission trip and I didn't have any money, I, you best believe I was on the floor praying. like, God, I really want to go on this trip. My parents don't have the money. Yeah. Um, I mean, they had money, but they had four kids. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's how, you know, we went on a lot of trips and mission trips and got a chance, op- opportunities to do things is uh, just because we chased after it. I chased after it. Like, hey, I want to go to church. And my parents didn't particularly, they were out of that phase of like taking us to church. Oh, they were busy at work and stuff. I found a way to get to church because I wanted to be there. Yeah, just going back to like, I found community in church. Yeah. My best friends were at church. Yeah. Shout out to all my friends um, from church. Uh, and then even at camp, we got to go to um, camp. We're, we live in Texas, but we went to camp in Missouri. But at camp, shout out to KA, Kids Across America, um, we would have friends from different places, like from Maryland or from Chicago. And I just thought that was the best thing that I could have friends who also love Jesus. In different places, yeah. And I could write the letters, you know, back before we had phones and Facebook and whatnot. I was writing letters and stuff. And I think, yeah, that for me, my faith has always been my own. No one told me that I had to go to church, but I just, I just sucked it all up. I just, I'm, I've always loved Jesus. Was that <laughs> I just always loved being a part. Of, right? <laughs> I've always loved being a part of the community and. Uh, like Shay, you said earlier, I can't imagine. I was just praying this on my drive over here. Like, Holy Spirit, I cannot imagine not having you in my life. Yeah. When I don't know what to say, you're saying it. Yeah. Um, when I don't have, don't know what to say to encourage a friend when mm-hmm. they're going through something hard, Holy Spirit just kind of brings something up in me to encourage them. Yeah. That That's not from me. It's from God. Uh, my parenting. Oh. <laughs> parenting my kids takes a lot of faith. Of my own. If I didn't have my own faith, I wouldn't be able to pour life and affirmations into my daughter if I didn't believe it for myself. Big girl, you are chosen. God knows you. God will hear you when you're praying. Doesn't matter where you are. You can scream, you can cry, you can do whatever you want. Like if I didn't do that myself, I would not be able to encourage my daughter or my nieces or my nephew um, of how amazing they are, how chosen they are, um, how they have purpose. So I've just, I've just, yeah, I've just kind of always taken it in and kind of been a little bit of a nerd about it, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and always saying the scriptures and, you know, spitting in some Christianese <laughs> in there, but um, it's just, it's just always been who I am. So, yeah. Um, I guess uh, before we go to closing thoughts, do you want to go around and everybody share the favorite scripture or favorite verse? I mean, what what more Christian way than to end this <laughs> than sharing a, a verse? Yeah, that's great. You do it. Okay. My okay. My favorite verse. Uh, I was telling them before we started. <laughs> yes, because I'm not about to butcher it. <laughs> Anyways, I was telling them before we started, and I was like, my favorite verse is so common, and I I like to be different, and so 
I have like all these other uncommon ones, but I was like, right now this is what's in my mind. And so my favorite verse is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, which says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Um, and the reason why is because me being a planner, it's good to know that God has a plan for me, that even as much as I plan and stuff, he's already got it taken care of. Mm-hmm. So it's very comforting for me. All right. Go ahead, please Bibles out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to. Okay. 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 So, okay. so mine is Colossians three two. Um, it says, um, "Set your your uh, set your mind on things above." Um, depends on translation, um, but it's just it's one of the. I I have like a whole plaque. I I mine's my apartment's whole Bible verses. Okay, people have like come in and been like. And I'm like, it's me. It's not my dad. It's me. <laughs> but um, so I have a plaque that I look at um, in my apartment um, that has that specific verse on it, and it just keeps reminding me, like, if I'm going through something, it's like literally he's got it. Like, doesn't matter how low I get, if I look up, he's still there. Um, and so it just, it's like my my quote unquote like hope verse where I'm just like, you know, I'm down in the dumps, or sometimes I'm like. I've been a crappy human, I've been a crappy Christian, I've been a crappy daughter of God, and it's just like, you know, continuously a reminder of like, I'm still here. Like, you can still set your sights on me, and I, like, I'm not going anywhere. So that's, that's fine. Nice. Who's ready? I mean, you're not asking about this. I don't have a favorite person. <gasps> you heathen! <laughs> Like, I mean, it's just like going back. Most of y'all have heard me talk about this before, but like going back where your kids are like, oh, you know, it's like I can do all things through Christ. I'm just like, yeah, I get it. Like, I get those words and why they should mean that much. But like, for me to pick like a favorite, not saying like, oh, the whole body. You're like, so to me, out of all these books. I was like, cool. But like, for me, the only way I could break it down was stories. And the one. That always came to mind was number 22, which is the story of King Pollock and Pollock and the talking donkey, which I feel like does not get talked about enough. Like, if you break that story down, that, that story is deep. But essentially, uh, just for anyone that doesn't know the story, it's about a guy, the king, who heard the Israelites just took out of town, not too far from where he's at. So now he's terrified. So he calls this guy, Pollock, who still this day, I'm not sure why he has so much power, but he called this specific guy to come curse uh, this area, like the Israelites, and said, like, hey, if you curse them, like, we're good. I'm going to win this war. Like, they come this way. And then the, they send for him. He sends messengers. So this is, like, scene 300. <laughs> and so, like, he's like, oh, I kind of want to go because the king's like, I'll pay you a ton of money. And then so he goes to God. He's like, God, uh, so these men are here, and they want me to curse these people. God's like, you can't curse them. I bless them. And so he's like, all right, cool. But he really wants to go. So messengers leave. They send more with like bags of money. And they're like, hey, come on, man. Just come curse these people, like shaking the money. He's like, God? And God's like, look, you really want to go? Go. But just don't do anything I don't want you to do. Cool. So the next day he starts on his trip with his favorite donkey. Which they didn't give a donkey the name. But, <laughs> that's besides the point. But, and the re- this is the reason I like this. It's like an angel appears, a donkey sees the angel. Next thing, the donkey's freaking out, goes off the road, so Bollock's hit, uh, hitting, hitting this donkey like crazy. And then 
Angel gets closer, and Dante's like, nah, man, I don't want it. No trouble. Backs into a wall, crushed in this guy's foot. He's beating this donkey. Every time Angel's super close, Donkey just falls to the ground. So it's like, almost like your dog's scared of you. Flips on his, yeah. And so now he's like basically beating this donkey again. And then it gets to a point where um, uh, the Angel's like, I think y'all need to have a conversation real quick. So then he makes the donkey talk. And the donkey's like, why are you hitting me? <laughs> And I'm just like, you don't understand how crazy this story is. And, like, he talks to this donkey, but he's not even thinking consciously, like, I'm having a conversation. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, this story is just beyond here. So I'm like, it needs to be, like, we need a full series on breaking this thing down. But the moral of the story is basically he gets to the palace after speaking to the donkey and the angel and tells the king, like, I can't say what God doesn't want me to say. And the king's like, okay, but I just need you to curse the Israelites real quick. So he tries, instantly blesses them. The king's like, nah, bro, that's not what we talked about. Try again. <laughs> and then he tries again, another blessing. And the king's like, no, 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 bro, like, seriously, last time. So he tries a third time, blesses them again. And the king's like, bro, get out of here. Like, that's not what we talked about. He's like, I told you, I can only say what God wants me to say. And then he's like, okay, if you're kicking me out. Let me tell you this, they're going to come in here and kill everybody. Like, <laughs> and that was the prophecy. Like, that actually came to pass. Like, that's why I'm like, it's crazy, like, stories like that to where it's just like, even Noah, I mean, Jonah, uh, like, stories like that where God is using, like, these weird ways to, like, get you to do, like, like see his point of view and, like, this is not your mission. Like, you know, and that's just kind of why that's one of my biggest stories. There's, like, more to it, but I had to shave some time off. Listen, like, the Bible has so many stories. I'm like, I love movies so much. And Jasmine, being the opposite, loves books so much. Um, But I think we can agree on the fact of, like, listen, I I will always make time for a good movie. And I feel like when I read the Bible... There's so many stories where I'm like, Hollywood, what's going on? Like, get on it. Like, this is a lit situation. A situation of a movie. Like, Shrek and Balaam have a lot in common. I mean, okay, talking about <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, but no, like, yeah, that's, that's a good story. That is. Yes. Molly, Patty, you want to go? Sure. Um, <laughs> she says... I, I will preface this. The Bible verse that I like right now from my moment of life is is John 3, 16. No, thank you. But it's just um, a reminder that like life sometimes gets difficult. And so there are days where I have to remind myself that God loved me so much that he's going to send Jesus down the cross so that I can have a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. As, as simple as it is and as like nursery Bible verse that you learn. It's such a powerful verse, and like it doesn't get that much credit, in my opinion. But it is <laughs> not in the way that it needs to, you know. Okay. Um, but um, but it just is a good reminder that I have value, and so I really like it. My I'm not sure if it's my favorite. It's not my favorite, but it's. So many verses in the Bible that I have. And so many you can remember. Right? <laughs> I got to remember and recite them so long. Yeah, okay, well, these are actually cool verses. That, these verses are like, okay, this is my go-to verses. So you got to pick one. But one that I actually says with me is uh, Proverbs 24, 26. And honestly, I say it's like a uh, kiss on the lips. And 
that resonates with me because every every you know person that you meet is like a relationship, whether it be a friendship, a mother, daughter, brother, sister. But you want to be honest and genuine, mm-hmm. and when you do be honest, when you are honest and genuine, it's it should feel like hey, you know, that person like really cares about me to tell me honestly what I need to know. You don't want nobody going around deceiving you, so right. it's like, hey, you know, if someone can just honestly, but hey, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I need you for this, or I appreciate you being here, or, hey, you know, I know you really don't like that sweater, but you put it on anyway, like, just being slow to, yeah. slow to be like, you know what, okay, let me actually take in what they're saying to me, yeah. and if they are honest and genuine, if they came from the Spirit, then, you know, I can accept it. Yeah. That's the one of Yes, my my strength is truly renewed, and um, 
So yeah, that would be for me. I see a forty-third one. Hope in the Lord. Get your name sure. Nice. Well, let's close out what will be part two of this podcast um, <laughs> with closing thoughts, <laughs> encouragement, words of wisdom, anything anyone has to share with our listeners and viewers um, to kind of wrap up the episode. Oh, you took a breath, so I thought you were about to say something. No, just thinking. I'll go. I can say something. Oh, good. Um, because we're talking about growing up in church. Um, growing up in church. I know I said it kind of sporadically and kind of jokingly, but seriously, I am so grateful that, one, my parents decided to take this path. Uh, my mom grew up Catholic. My dad grew up Baptist. Um, but, you know, they could have not had us go to church at all. They could have just been like, oh, we wake up on Sunday and just do whatever we want. Yeah. But they made it a point to lay a foundation. And I'm extremely grateful for all of our youth leaders that um, sacrifice their time volunteering to show up on Sundays and Wednesdays to help us. Because again, as teenagers, we're just, you know, naive and silly and hard-headed, but they they showed up for us. They listened to us when we called and cried. And um, all the camp counselors that I had um, that sacrificed their summer to be in the cabin, no air conditioning, to make sure that we were having a fun time. Like, this was... In, in the summer, hot as all get out in Missouri, and they, they sacrifice their time. So I'm just extremely grateful for um, pastors and youth leaders who do see, like, right now they're going to do something. We're going we're gonna to keep planting those seeds. Um, people that prayed for us, um, you know, just remembering that someone prayed for me. Someone prayed for me before I was born. Someone prayed for me when I was going through hard times. Like, you know, people were, so many people had a, had a, uh, a role in my life, and they, they may not be in my life anymore right now, but I hope you're listening to the podcast. Hit the like and share, subscribe, all that stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm just so grateful because it did. It laid a foundation in who I am and how I'm able to speak to other people, encourage other people. Like, I, I have given that. I have been that camp counselor. I have been, I, now I've, I served in my church in the children's ministry and starting a small group. So I'm just grateful. That's what I would say. It's growing up in church taught me to be grateful and I'm grateful. Yeah. When change the What? Me? Oh, you got something? I mean, if you have nothing, you can say pass. <laughs> Like, church PTSD, it, it is real. 
so I completely understand. But um, one, not all churches are the same. Two, there are literal churches out there that do want to love you and meet you where you are and actually be the hands and feet of Jesus in your life. And just, you know, try that. Go find one. I mean, um, like me and my siblings have to do that uh, whenever we were no longer going to our parents' church. Not because, like, we hated them or anything or the church specifically, but it's just the, the way life went. Um, we, we had to find our own churches. Um, and so we went to multiple different churches and tried them all out. And sometimes we'd have, like, little powwows of, how do you feel about this church? And like, that That was not it. <laughs> that, was, that was definitely not it. And, you know, just uh, really spend time, like, finding the one that will work for you. Um, and uh, start going to that one because this this Jesus relationship is truly going to be the most important one in your life. Because, I mean, people are here to stay. Some people are here for the first season. Some people are here forever. Um, and no matter what, he's going to be your constant. Like continuously constant, and um, even though I mean I've had my moments, I you shouldn't be constant in my life. Like, I'm not gonna sugarcoat and be like, no, I've been so great since he and I have had a relationship. Like perfect. No, I have forsaken him. I have, um, you know, I'm not literal curse, but like I'm just I've I've had my moments with Jesus, and um, also because he has answered my prayer that I have for the longest time. Because Hosea, if y'all know the story. That is my favorite. That is my favorite book of the Bible. It was for the longest time. So my prayer for the longest time was like, Jesus, use me like you did Hosea, and He has. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a long time of like me figuring out like a lot of the experiences that I've had was not for me. It was for other people, and that has made my life sucky. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, like I said. But in a lot of ways, I'm like, you know, I'm a literal. Literally, the hand of Jesus, and it sucks for me sometimes. But at least I know for other people, it's it's helping them in some some way, shape, or form. And um, I mean, that's the life that we have agreed to. We've agreed to be in the hands of Jesus, and so sometimes that's going to suck for us, and that's okay. Because um, as long as we're giving back to um, others, so like I said, my Christians, give it a try, keep pressing on. Um, and you know it sucks, but you know. You'll, you'll, you'll find your normal. Jamal, you got anything? Pass is also um, an option. All I have to say is, uh, if you ever have to sit in a big church, because they ain't having enough kids, and you know, <laughs> in the children's church, man, it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, in the head of
big C church. As simple as, as it is, you matter in life and that you have a purpose. And that even on hard days, it does get better. Mm-hmm. So, this is where we sing, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can sing. <laughs> All right, my closing thoughts and remarks. I know when we started the podcast, we had a lot of negative things to say about being PKs, but there were also some positives, but I feel like um, the negative was a little heavy. So just to kind of (laughs) of balance it out, um, I would say um, this is an encouragement. Well, before I even get to encouragement, um, it was awesome getting to get into some things because our parents were the pastors. That was a big plus. I have been in so many weddings in my entire life mm-hmm. because the time that my parents started the church, there were tons of people that were of marrying age that were all getting married and everybody wanted to be in their wedding. And so it was great. <laughs> and I know it's because I was the cute little bastard baby. Go ahead, put me in all your weddings. Um, so that was something that was cool. But I mean, obviously there are other cool things and fun things about that part of like being a pastor's kid. But um my closing remarks or word of wisdom or encouragement or whatever, um, this is for the pastors. Um, they keep having grace for your children because they did not choose the life that they were born into. <laughs> they did not choose that life. They were born into it. And so just remember to have grace because there's a lot of pressures that even you as parents, even if you're not the ones who are putting it on them, they're receiving that from other people in the church. Um, and then they also have to deal with other things with, uh, sometimes from other kids because it's like now they are the image of perfection. And so nobody wants to be their friend. So I know like for me, like growing up, I didn't have a lot of friends in church and that was just the norm. And I just kind of figured that's how it is for all PKs. Apparently it's not. But anyways, um, so yeah, so there's that. Um, and then, so, and then I will say, uh, pastors, um, and as much as you love to use your children as examples and sermons, you know, those things that may tempt you or those things that, you know, 
you probably know you shouldn't be getting into, but um, all I have to say is find people who can be your genuine friends that are going to stand with you during those situations, pray with you, um, and just genuinely be your friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are my closing remarks. And if, oh, I, last one. If you don't go to church uh, because of church hurt, um, I do want to say, I know this was a thing we did a long time ago, but I think it was really cool, and I hope it touches you, but if you don't go to church because of church hurt, or you feel some type of way about God because of church hurt, I just want to say, on behalf of Christians everywhere, yes, let's say we're sorry. One, two, three. We're sorry. (laughs) And even though we laugh, I know that was so cheesy. (laughs) That's not what I was going to go I was going to Sorry, I'm, I'm dead. Oh, that's so funny. I, I'm not dead. I'm alive. But anyway, that was really funny. But in all seriousness, no, guys, like seriously, um, you know, the things that you experienced, I just hope you don't take that as being that's who Jesus is, that's who Christ is, because that's not his heart. His heart is to love people. God sent his son to come and die for, you know, his people because he loved us that much that he was willing to, like, you know, send his only son. Like, literally his only son, he's like, I'm willing to sacrifice my son so that these people can have this opportunity to, to be reconnected to us, like, have this relationship. So, um, all that to say, you know, if you have any questions, honestly, we have an email, opposites in a nutshell at gmail.com. You can, feel free to shoot us an email if you have any questions, if you need someone to pray for you, like, whatever it is, feel free to shoot us an email. We're on Instagram, Facebook, opposites in a nutshell everywhere. Um, yeah, we are here as, you know, other believers and uh, just humans that love people, want to love on people. So um, that, I think, wraps up my closing remarks with a little bit. Are we good? Join us next week. All right. Awesome. I guess that's it. So thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Opposites in a Nutshell. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much to all of our guests. So, so, so grateful to have y'all on here. I love you guys so much. Um, And, yeah, see you back in next week. Bye.